Welcome to Neighbors Table Podcast, uh, transformative justice. Before you talk, this will probably be the most I talked this whole time. Uh, I'm going to just explain about what the podcast is for the viewers and so they can kind of get context and a framework for what we're wanting to do. Um, so Neighbors Table Transformative Justice, what it is, is it's a uh, it's an initiative under the umbrella of Surge Network, which is an ecumenical network of churches all around the city. And we want people to kind of understand uh, how they can engage in conversation about the criminal justice system, about those who are incarcerated, mass incarceration, history. We want churches to be familiar with the way in which they can talk about those things outside of a political lens, outside of just a, 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 what we hear on news and media and stuff like that. We want people to be able to engage in it, to see one another, to see their neighbor, to really honor them and love them. So... Um, yeah, so this podcast, there's going to be a lot of different people on here. There's going to be people who are gang members. There's going to be people who are from, from prison, people who are engaging and, and blessing and serving those in prison. We're going to have sisters and brothers and, and fathers and mothers, hopefully, uh, uh, to share their stories and testimonies. So, um, yeah, man, we really believe that, that when people listen to one another, something mysterious and sacred happens and the Lord does something. We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So, um yeah, bro. So this podcast is really just to, to give glory to God and what he's doing within in this uh, whole sphere of this world. Right. And so uh, we just want people to to get a glimpse into that and come sit at the table and listen. So we're going to start this to so you, Ricky. You're going to be a part of this podcast. You're going to host some of these podcasts and people are going to get to see your perspective and see your heart and see what God's done in you. Um I'm excited about that, bro. I'm excited about that. And so, man, uh, this first podcast, we're going to tell your story. Right. You know, beginning to end, the gist of, of what God's done in your life. More of your story is going to come out through other podcasts, but... Right, uh, absolutely. Yeah, bro. So, where you from? Well, actually, uh, first, I want to say, um, I want to give all the honor and the glory to the Lord yeah. for allowing me to be here today. Yeah. And... Uh, I don't, I want to acknowledge my pastor and the family worship center and the people who, my wife, um, I should have said my wife first, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, um, my boss, you know, um, the people that surround my, I surround myself and that, um, are positive in my life. I always say, if you hang around with nine broke people, you can be the 10th one, but if you hang around with 10 godly people, it could be the 11th one. You, you learn, you, you, you feed off the energy around and you stay positive, strong and positive in the Lord. So anyways, to answer your question, I'm from Watsonville, California. It's uh, 90 miles south of uh, San Francisco, a little small town. Uh, the major cities would be um, Salinas and San Jose. So um, yeah, that's from. I was, I'm originally born and raised. Uh, that's where it all started. Um, Watsonville, California. Well, is, where's your family from? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> my family is split. So I got uh, my family from Northern California and they got my family here in Arizona. So uh, that's, uh, my dad is from Arizona. My mom is from California. So, 
You grew up in Watsonville. I grew up in Watsonville, absolutely what correct. Was that, what was that like? Um, let me say this to you. Um, again, um, being born in Watsonville, it, it, it's a beautiful place. Uh, there's a beach, trees, it's green, you know, um, fresh air, you know, it's, it's a really nice place. Uh, what was it like for me? Um, I didn't ask to be born there. That's where the Lord allowed me to be born. So um, what it was like to be born there was, um, you know, if I can be honest, as a child, you know, I, I never really had that fresh start. You know, so I, I'm gonna say that it's it was rough. Yeah. Um, I don't want to glorify anything of my past, mm -hmm. but I can talk about it. Yeah. Because the only one I glorify now is God. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, gr growing up in Watsonville was uh, uh, it was it's a farm community, and uh, there's a lot of migrant workers out there, and I. And uh, I was born in 1971, so I'm 52, I'll be 53, so I'm old school. Um, I was born in Watsonville. Um, my stepfather who raised me is a migrant worker. My mom, you know, my mom's gone. They died two weeks apart, but um, they, they did their best with me. So growing up in Watsonville was, is, is a lot different because uh, it was a lot of gangs. There was a few gangs in Watsonville. Um, I didn't know anything about that movement. I just used to see, when I was a little kid, I used to watch people wearing hairnets and penalties and, you know, a lot of cholos. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't get to see anything else but that. So that was my vision. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to be. But I want to back up a little bit because... Um, I don't want to just go straight to the gangbanging, um, sure, sure. but I want to give like a little history. Sure. Uh, my mom, you know, she she uh, her and my dad met and it didn't work out. And, uh, you know, my mom went back to California. She was pregnant with me and then she had me. And uh, she was just, you know, um, basically with different, you know, men. And uh, so we were taken out of her custody and we were putting into CPS custody. And uh, it was by that time she had me and my sister and my, my brother. And uh, me and my, my sister and my brother, we got separated from each other. Me and my sister stood together. And my brother went somewhere else. And um, I'm just gonna be, you know, just, I'm just gonna lay it all out. Um, so, you know, um, as me and my sister went to a few foster homes. I know we went with some wealthy people who really loved us and uh, they were taking care of my brother, though he went to more like a predator's home. So they let my little brother inside of a, a predator home. And back in those days, it wasn't recognized like ADHD and all these anxiety, you know, like today, you know what I mean? Today yeah. they, you they know. have things for it to define it. And stuff. Right, so my brother was, um, you know, my brother was being sexually abused in that house. That could have been me or my sister. But it wasn't. So, um, anyways, how they gave my mom back to my they, the, the, the CPS actually gave my mom gave us back to our mom, and she brought this guy with us. And so we didn't know who he was, but he was an alcoholic. And they took us out of a house 
let us go out of a house and brought us into a station wagon living on the beach. And, um, but I say all that to say this, this guy loved my mom. He loved us, you know what I mean? And he ended up uh, almost dying. He stopped drinking. He provided a home for us, a little small house around a bunch of strawberries next to the beach. So with that said, you know, we grew up very poor. And I'm not trying to say like, you know, like people would feel sorry for me or anything like that, but this, this is leading to where, yeah, yeah, yeah. how my life, right, ended up and how I ended up. Yeah. So uh, there was a lot of, uh, in their relationship, there was a lot of adultery. And, uh, well, I wouldn't say adultery because they, were, they weren't married, but, you know, there's a lot of, yeah. you know, cheating. And so anyways, I always would ask about my real father. And uh, my mom would tell me he died in Vietnam. He wasn't even old enough to be in Vietnam. <laughs> so anyways, um, I started going to school. And that's when I start, would start seeing, you know, uh, gang members in, 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 you know, in the 70s. You know, I remember I'm 52. So um, I, would, I would look at them and I'd be like in awe, you know. Uh, I remember going to my first funeral, uh, a gang member funeral that, uh, two gang members out of Watsonville. And, and I don't want to disrespect the family or anything, but I know that it was the Mount Madonna murders. Um, of course, um, Northern California and Southern California split. So I lived up north and there was uh, down south uh, gang members living up north. Um, and so there was, that's the first gang-related funeral I went to, and I remember walking up to the casket and seeing one of them in a panel tin and the other one in a suit, Ricky Romero and Lucio Garcia. And uh, I just, from there, I just was, you know, you are who you hang around with. If you, um, again, if you grew up in a Baptist home, an apostolic home, or a Catholic home, that's who you're going to be. And I didn't grow up in either of that. You know, my mom was Catholic, they were Catholic, but there was no religion in my house. But I, I did go to school with people who were gang members, and that's what I wanted to be. That's what I fell in love with. That's what I ended up doing. So from there, um, you know, Watsonville, California, the, 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 the majority is uh, Mexican, Bices, and Filipinos. So... Um, I wasn't, I never hanged around with the tough crowd or, I mean, uh, I mean, excuse me, um, I never hung around with like jocks and all that, you know, started, uh, uh, going out to the streets. My mom, by that time, she was really trying to raise me up. She was really trying to, you know, do something for me, but my mind was already set. And so, um, it's crazy. Cause I'm just going to be 100 right here. I'm just going to tell the truth. Um, I seen a guy one day and he was wearing a blue, blue rag on his head. And I was like, man, what is that? I want to, but I didn't know he was a Southerner. Mm -hmm. And all I know is that I thought that was cool. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about that Northern and Southern, you know, I was still, I was still just a kid, kid yeah, man, just yeah. trying to figure it out. And, uh, and then I seen him driving around and. It's crazy because we started hanging around with him, man. But I didn't know the difference between a northern and a southern. I didn't. And um, 
by the age of 14, we were already uh, doing drugs. You know, um, I was watching them shoot up and, 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 and put a needle in their arm. And the next thing you know, we're out there just robbing people and all that. And we got caught up. And the cops told me, hey, man, you know, this guy right here is a southerner. Do you know what that is? And I was like, no. Nah. And and so from there on. You get caught up with the southerner. Right. It's, I, but I, I was so young, I didn't know. So anyways, I got into the juvenile corrections. I was 14 years old. And my mom was visiting New Mexico and. I had stole her car and, you know, I was, I was just a troubled youth, man. I just did. And all I wanted to do now was I was hooked. But now I knew when I got into the juvenile correction, who my, I thought who my identity was. And I learned now, I was like, wait a minute. I was, I was around the wrong person, you know. And from there, and this is a true story, you know. And uh, those are the guys uh, that I knew that we had to be separated from. You know, so I learned that this was a real, this was real, this was, this was real as far as the gangs. I had to make a decision. And so. But so people can understand why, why couldn't you be on the southern side? What, why did you have to be on the northern side? Well, because I didn't, I didn't understand when I was a youngster, like what it was. I was completely blind. I'm the oldest out of seven on the streets by myself. And so when I got educated inside of Juvenile Hall, I figured it out. I was like, wow, okay. Where, you're from. where I'm from, right? All right, so now I know what it is, right? No hard feelings, but this is what I'm gonna do, right? Mm -hmm. So I ended up uh, being around a Northerners and um, eventually, the same guy that was a southerner became a northerner. It's so weird, right? I don't understand, but it happened, right? Because it's all deception from the devil is all I got to say. So from there on, I just took off, man. I was just a crazy northerner, like all southern northerners. You don't even have to be a southern northerner. You can be a crib of blood, you know, but that's the environment I knew. That's what I seen. That's all I ate, bread, slept, and dreamt was that. So how, I, how old were you at that time? 14. 14. Right, 14 years old. Did so you start with getting into the neighborhood or what? Right, then I got jumped into my gang. Yeah. Once I got jumped into my gang, um, I was just off to the races, man. I just didn't have no train of thought, no brain. I wanna back up though, because I, 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 wanna, make, I wanna make sure that I'm clear with myself. And I got to go back a little bit. Um, I remember my mom took me to church. And she took me to church. And I always forget this part, and I apologize to the audience. And I remember hearing this old man, the Amix from Watsonville. And I think I was about 11 years old. No, 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 excuse me. I was about nine years old. And I remember, and I'll never forget it, that I heard this, this old school pastor he said, he was saying, you know, if you, don't, if you don't get your life right, and if you don't realize and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
you were gonna be you were gonna burn in hell. And that's the first time I ever heard about heaven and hell at nine years old. I heard about that and the way he described hell was so crazy that that's where the fear of the Lord was installing me. But I didn't know this until years later because I compared heaven and hell. I said, wait a minute, this don't sound good, but oh, this sounds better. Yeah, yeah. I think I want to go there, right? Yeah. And from that point on, my life was a tornado. But I want to say this. Yes, I was going to school, but my mom couldn't deal with me no more. And my little brother, the one that had got put in the foster home, I walked in on what, what I seen something that I, I, I should have never seen as a kid. And he was being sodomized, he was being raped. And I took off and I ran and I called my mom and my mom's like, what are you talking about? They took him to the hospital, they figured that, they took that dude to juvenile hall. And that, that shocked me, you know, and my brother just never came out of being who he was as, as a gay man as a gay youngster. Mm -hmm. And we were both locked up. He went to juvenile hall first because he was just, he was just so angry with everything. Mm -hmm. He just couldn't, couldn't deal with it, right? Mm -hmm. But I had, no, I had no recognition of who God was and all that. You didn't, I'm telling you yeah. the truth. I, don't, I didn't know, I didn't understand. All I know is that at eighth grade, I was using cocaine and other, amongst other things, right? My mom couldn't hang with me no more. She knew that she had struggled in her life, but I can't blame her. And I'm not here to blame my mom. All I'm saying is that she's already gone and she's probably been judged for it. I don't know. But all I say is this, is that what she did was she's like, I can't keep control. And I understand this better than I do now. And any, and any other time, she put me inside the juvenile corrections. She called him and said, hey, come and take this guy. I can't take him. I can't take care of him. Mm. But um, before all that happened, you know, because I keep skipping, and I'm sorry that no, you're good, you're good. Um, at 10, I, I was, I, I remember uh, I met, we, I was with my mom at a store called Albertsons on Freedom Boulevard, and I seen this lady, and my mom's, I'm walking with my mom in the grocery store, and this lady tells my mom, my name's Berta, her name's Berta, or was Berta, and uh, she says, uh, oh my goodness. Is that Ricky's son? And I was like, who is Ricky? <laughs> right? That's my real dad. So, um, yeah, I ended up um, moving. I know, excuse me, I'm sorry. I ended up uh, getting a hold of, my mom ended up getting a hold of my tia and my dad's mom, which is my grandmother and my family mm -hmm. that lives in uh, Morgan Hill. So my tia, who's over here in, in Arizona, she flew down. And uh, she flew down from uh, Arizona to California. And then uh, she met me and uh, they arranged it so I can fly to Arizona in 1980. And this is before all the juvenile and the gangs. So mm -hmm. sorry guys that uh, you know what I mean? That I had to backtrack mm -hmm. because it's it's a lot to remember, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. at my age. You You're know, good, bro. so uh, I came here and I met my dad, and and I always used to ask what he looked like. They said just look in the mirror, and I met him. My aunt picked me up at Sky Harbor Airport in Phoenix. So 1980, I got here, and um, so what? You were nine years old. Ten. Ten. Right. So I flew in, 
And I'll, my dad lived on 43rd Avenue, McDowell. So I have a lot of history with Arizona, a lot of history. Um, I remember their programs, Wallace and Ladmo, Big Surf, you know, uh, just a, a lot of things, Legend City, yeah. you know, all this stuff, you know, AJ Bayless, you know, Yellow Front, yeah. all that stuff, right? Yeah. So my dad worked at a place called Motorola, but when he seen me, he already had a, already been married and had another kid. Yeah. But I guess when he found out that, uh, you know, that they had got a hold of me, I don't know, he told his wife. And so he came and picked me up and at my auntie's house and picked me up from the airport because he, he didn't know, he, you know. And, uh, yeah, that's a, um, that's a whole nother story right there, you know. Um, and, and again, you know, I know people are going to get upset, but I'm, I got to tell, tell it like it is and tell and say what it was, you know what I mean? So, you know, my dad right now, he's a, he's a born again Christian, you know, he's, he's gave himself to the Lord. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, when I first met my dad, you know, my dad, uh, I, I kind of get where I got the, the, the anger problems from and all that, you know what I mean? Because there was a lot of abuse in the relationship, a lot of drinking, you know, and stuff like that. And um, But I don't judge him for that. But that's all I got to see. Yeah. And, and that's what I knew and I thought was right. Yeah. And uh, I was driving their car at 10 years old, you know, while they were all drunk in the back, you know. And, and again, you know, um, I never really thought about it as, you know, anything else but man you know this is what my, this is this is what it's supposed to be i thought it was yeah. cool and i'd go back and i got my first tattoo um they gave it to me when i was in how what grade are you in in, in 10 uh, 10 third grade fourth grade no maybe uh fifth grade yeah know. fifth fifth yeah. or sixth grade so they yeah, gave me my yeah. first tattoo at fifth and fifth or sixth grade a little dot right here yeah. i mean and you can see now i'm all slung back from head to toe <laughs> so uh, i don't blame them for any of that though yeah. i'm not sitting here saying that but, and, 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 and I love what the Lord has done in his life, and, and, and I want to make that clear, you know. Uh, I haven't been perfect either, and my kids can, can sit here and come and tell you a story, and then they'll be like, you know what I mean? But they know who I am in Christ now, yep. right? Yep. So that's the whole point. I so I was really, in my mind, thought it was okay to be all these ways, right, from my mom and my dad. And uh, I'm okay with that because I didn't know that the Lord had something planned for me. So anyways... I went on to um, going back and forth from Arizona to California, yeah. right? And then at the age of 14, you know, my dad tried. He loved me. He wanted to do things for me. He wanted to be around me. But yeah. the, the knucklehead was already sold in me. I didn't want to try to be a gangster. I didn't, I didn't, I don't have an ice cream cone tatted on my face or, you know, different colored hair. With, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to diss anybody. Yeah. I was just brought into it, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and I didn't understand, but he understood. You get what I'm saying? Uh -huh. So anyways, at the age of 14, I'm sitting here helping the juvenile corrections with my brother and my poor mother and my dad out here in Arizona, you know, really trying to like figure out <laughs> what, what, you know what I mean? I mean, but come on, you know? Mm -hmm. But they really, really, really wanted to like, you know, help me out. They really wanted to talk to me and say, what are you doing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, there was times in my life where, 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 you know, I was able to, like, uh, play sports for a little bit and all that. But I was so caught up and in love with gangs that 
it just it didn't matter. Like that's all I wanted. And then now I'm in a place where I never had love at home. And I know you hear a lot of gang members say that. Oh, that's not the truth because, I mean, yeah, I didn't have love at home, but because we had uh, handball, we had uh, 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 what do you call that? Uh, uh, table tennis. Mm. Ping pong, mm-hmm. we had, you know, that was that was my family right there. I love being inside of juvenile corrections. That's crazy, right? At 14 years old, like that's where all the homies were at. That's where we would get down, and and on site, you know, and and so, anyways, at 14 years old, when I first walked in to juvenile hall cell, uh, I seen a little Gideon Bible, and it took me back to remembering that sermon of hell, right? Mm-hmm. But I just looked at the Bible and I read and I, and I just, I was just jumped on my bed, started looking out my window to the yard, couldn't wait to get out there. And uh, I was just in and out, in and out of juvenile corrections um, and county jails. And all I knew how to, all I, all, all I inherited was anger, violence, um, and everything but what I was supposed to become as a, you know, as a kid, you know what I mean? That's all I knew. So uh, I'm not going to sit here and glorify my past, but I want to say that this is what, this is this where, you is come from. where I come from, and this is, this is, has a lot of identity of who I used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to say this, though. I came to Arizona on an interstate compact in the 1992. Uh, I was out here on Central and there was gang banging was real. Gang banging was, you know, at its at its highest point. And I ended up getting violated out here in 1992. I went to- uh, In Arizona. In Arizona. They gave me a number 095655 VO3977 in California. So I came here and um, it was rough, man. It was, you know, being, I've, I have like Norte blasted on my stomach, you know, and all these gang-related tattoos that I didn't understand that they were going to really test me who I was in the future, right? Because I was just a street gang member. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, um, at that point in time, I got, I got out and um, they killed my parole out here. And I was out here and I was going back and forth um, from the county jails back in the prisons in the prison system. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a point in time where I was talking to my mom and then uh, she started getting, she ended up uh, leaving my stepdad who raised me, right? Mm-hmm. And they split up and she married some guy from uh, uh organization in the Pinta, California, uh, from the structure or whatever. Me and him didn't get along. And so what happens is that uh, my mom, her liver started failing. And uh, her and my stepdad, my stepdad always loved her. He always wanted to be with her. And um, I was like, wow, man, you know. Um, I, I was, it was hard for us because, you know, I, I really didn't have no feelings, you know. And I, I got I got siblings like uh, my sister Gina. She's she's a juvenile corrections officer. My auntie Becky. She's a she's retired from the California Department of Corrections. I got my 
my cousin Arthur, he's a, a pro officer now. So that side of the family, you know, my sister was was a gang member, man. And and she turned her life around, you know. This is after we, we, we lost our mom. We lost our mom uh, due to liver failure. She got a liver transplant. She died and then, uh, no, our stepdad died first. He died of a uh, heart disease. He was coming home from work and, and he died. And my mom called me, She's all, she still called him dad. She goes, dad died, because I used to call him dad. And two weeks later, she died. And how old, how old were you? Uh, I was I was like twenty seven, you know, twenty six. But and and the last conversation I had with them was telling me like, you know, you need you need to try to get your life right, you know, you need you need to do good. And um, I don't want to make this about me, but you know, because it's not it's it's like so um, you know, because it's a lot of things to remember. So I do got four kids four girls and a boy. And um, I only, I only, and I, I take full responsibility for not being there for them. But I only acted what, in what I seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only acted in what I thought was right. You imitated what you knew. Exactly. Yeah. But I take full responsibility for that. Yeah. So my kids who I love now, God is, I'll get to all that. Because God's a God, he's, is, he restores. So um, basically here, um, I, I came out to Arizona. Uh, they did a drive-by on, 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 on my mom's car. My little brother was in the car and he almost got hit with the bullet. Um, you know, and, and, and a lot of things were happening, man. Like, you know, a lot of things were going on in Watsonville. I got a, I got a, a friend who, who was involved you know, with the gangs, and we'll bring that out later. And uh, I, I guess we're gonna do a documentary. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, other things will come out. But here it is, man. Uh, uh, I wasn't gonna slow down. There was just no way I was gonna slow down. It, it was either gonna be, and and I didn't have no recognition. I don't forgot about that story about hell. I forgot about a lot of things. You know what I mean? I didn't care. I didn't care, man. You, I, I'm not a very big guy, and I just didn't care. You could, you could put me any jail, any prison. I didn't care. I was a gang member. I didn't care. I, I that was my mentality because the guys that I grew up around, they'll come up to you and ask you where you're from and slap you if you didn't, you know, you didn't answer right. They'll hard check you and. You know, they basically what they call bullying today. You know, it was rough back then, you know, and we would see each other and it'd be on site, you know, and I'm not glorifying any of that, but I'm just saying that that's the life that those are the yeah. cards that were dealt to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't have somebody to come and rescue me besides God and say, hey, you know what? Come on, I love you. That's not the truth. Yeah. The truth is that that's, that's where I was at. That's, that's the life I knew. And I take full responsibility for it. But let me say this to you. As a time in my life where I had to come down and um, God was going to humble me. And I didn't know that. And uh, I came to Arizona. And uh, some stuff went down. I already had made a decision to come and live out here now. And then I, I was getting even crazier out here. And... Uh, I made a bad decision one day, and you know, people say that, that, and I'm gonna be honest with you, man, because this is, this is what happened. So one day I was, uh, I was high, I was drunk, I was drinking, and uh, I was, there was my baby's mom, uh, the mother of my, my daughter. It was like a crazy breakup, right? Mm -hmm. 
and there was a lot of mocking and lying and you know and, and by any means I'm not blaming her I'm not you know I'm just saying I was I take full responsibility for everything that I'm saying like yeah, my yeah. immaturity so anyways I went over there and um because of the uh the insecurities the anger you know all the rage the unclean spirits everything that I had in, mm -hmm. inside of me mm -hmm. um I went over there and I thought I can take matters into my own hands and uh uh I can say this um without trying to sound hard for the audience and or whoever's watching um I made a bad decision and, 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 and somebody got shot and they almost died and they were intervacked. And, but before all that happened, I heard and I felt something say, don't do it. And I, and, and I ignored it. And as I did it, you know how they say that uh, when people die, their whole life flashes in front of yeah. them from a little kid to yeah, yeah, yeah. that happened to me, but I wasn't dead. The guy that was going on the helicopter was dying. So weird. And uh, the you know the weapon was left at the scene. The bullets. I mean, I have a, a criminal record all the way till I was 14 years old. And I was like, man, I'm done. And I have a sister who's homeless out here in Arizona right now. She lives on the streets. She said, her testimony's crazy. And uh, at the time, she, she didn't have mental health issues. She was, she was working with the cartel and whatever, and she, she got me out of here. Um, she sent me to Mexico. I crossed back from Mexico. Oh, okay. And then and then up um, going to California. And, uh, so you went to Mexico to kind of get away from things to quiet it down. And, 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 but, but I got lost out there. I, I didn't know anybody. I jumped off the bus and, and, and I was stuck in a town where I was just wearing one set of clothes oh. and I was all, you know, just gone, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and, and so spending money well. didn't go well. So I came <laughs> back and they caught me at the border. They had me in handcuffs. And they let me go because the warrant hadn't came out yet as everybody else was looking for me in, in Arizona, in the United States. So. But you entered back in through Cali. But no, I, I had a friend come over here and pick me up. Oh, okay, okay. And then they brought me back. But see, God in his grace and his mercy, man, because I don't want to say I, 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 because I'm telling you, God knew what he was doing. Yeah. Because I was taken from here, picked up by my, my, well, my family member who's a pastor, right? and took me back to Northern California and opened his doors to me and didn't judge me. And I would watch him pray. And he was in prison for a while, a long time. And he also was looking at, uh, I don't know if it was life, but he was looking at some years. Yeah, so he knew what it was. And he knew what it was, and he yeah. was there in the 90s in, in, in all California prison. And uh, he, was, he, was, he wasn't playing. He, was, he, he wasn't playing. Like, he, this, this stuff, I don't know. You know, I'm not going to judge what goes on now because that's not my, that's not my get down. What, what it is is I'm about, you know, God. Mm -hmm. But I'll say this to you. After he got out, he 
once he said, like, if he said he was going to be in a prison gang or he's going to be in a gang, no matter, you know, a Norteño or, or, or whatever, you know, in, involved in a, in a, in a prison gang, mm-hmm. he did it. He was 100 with it. Mm-hmm. He never, he, he was all in, right? Mm-hmm. He wouldn't, he wouldn't wa- waver or shake. But when he said he was going to become a man of God, because his dad was a pastor, which is my, wife, my, my dad's little sister's husband, and my dad's little sister and, 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 and my uncle through marriage came, picked me up, right? They didn't have to do any of that. Mm-hmm. And they were struggling themselves, mm-hmm. you know? But they still loved me because they knew me since I was a little kid. They seen my life and, and they, they always wanted to help me. They always, my grandma wanted to raise me, you know what I mean? Just my mom wanted to let it happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. a lot of things could have went different, but just, they just did it. Yeah. But God knew what he was doing. And in this time, my uncle held me accountable. He said, you know what? You got mad, you got angry, and you went and shot that person to stop lying to yourself. And he told me, you know what? I'm going to give you a lot of time. And I couldn't believe that. And I'll be in the car with him, and, and he'd be, like, driving, and he'd be falling asleep. Going to say, I'll be like, dude, I got to work. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so anyways... I was still in my funk, I was still in my mess, but they were still taking me to church. They were still showing me who God was. He would come downstairs and he would pray and I would see him. And I would be like, man, I was still out there stealing cars. I was still out there gangbanging and doing all kinds of stuff, running them up. So, but they still loved me anyways. They never stopped raising their hands. They never stopped praying. So anyways, I was in Northern California when they got a high to speed chase. I'm not glorifying that. They caught me. I went into uh, 4B3 Santa Clara County Jail with all the big homies up there. And, 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 and they had me in double red. And I just want to say this. I didn't understand that this was the beginning of my new life. But what happened was it. This guy came up to my door and he came with the Bible. And the way we were locked up in there, there was yeah, heavy yeah. hitters. Yeah, heavy hitters. Like I had a, a, a warrant here from Arizona like to hold me for attempted murder and, and, and all kinds of charges, right? And so I was like, man, he came up to me. He's like, hey, um, you want you want to read this book? And I was like, you know what? Get that book. I don't get, get it off my door. Like, And I remember going and sitting back in my cell. And I said, if you can hear me, you know my heart, right? Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know if, I, I, I guess this is the end for me. I should have, I said, I was talking to him. And when, when the, so when we come out, we come out, we have to come out and back our hands up uh-huh. and we have to get handcuffed. And then when you, you get handcuffed, they, they take one handcuff at a time, put one belly chain on, and then they have belly chains, and then they do you. That's, all, that's where I was at. Mm-hmm. So why am I saying that? Not to glorify that, but there was the Bible that he left out there. And so I asked the sheriffs, hey, can you please slide that in my door? And they said, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm upstairs with a bunch of killers, so yeah, I, I don't yeah. even know. Like, and the first time I ever opened up a book, and the Bible, I heard my auntie and them praying and raising their hands. And, you know, I had an aunt that had passed away. Beautiful Tia, right? And, and uh, my, my, um, my uncle, 
right? This is where I knew this guy was like 100% sold out. His, he had him and his, my tia had been blessed with, with the baby. And, and, you know, her name was Shayana. And um, when the Lord took her home, he didn't fold. He didn't go back to his old ways. He didn't go back to the homies. He didn't go back to the hood. He stayed loving God. And he stayed loving my aunt. He, but he put God first and he stayed raising my cousins. And, and I was locked up when this happened. So I lost my stepmom. I mean, I lost my mom, my stepdad, my, my dad's brother, Angel, my, my cousin, Shayana, and my aunt, Percy. Like, all, you know, it was like, it was, it was rough. Back to back. Yeah. Back to back. And, and so life didn't seem fair at that time. But the first, what I wanted to say is that I heard a verse and, and, and I read the verse and it says, Psalms 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And once I heard that, I, I opened it up and I said, you know what? Once I, once I read that, because that's the first thing I opened up to. And uh, Psalms 34 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And what the desire of my heart was, I didn't want to go do life in prison. The desire of my heart was it. I knew there was something out there for me. I knew that that I was angry about things. I knew that I was hurt. I knew that I was always rejected. But I don't care because I'm not sitting there saying, oh, poor me, cry me a river. Mm -hmm. I just, that's what I felt. Yeah. But I knew that the Lord, I didn't know this at the time, but I know now that he was getting ready to give me the desires of my heart. Amen? Amen. So, but I... I always say this, there's consequences and repercussions to everything. I still committed the crime. I still had to get tried. I still had to get to extradition. I still had to go to San Quentin, you know, Soledad, Solano, all those places. And I was just a, a transfer at, at, at Soledad. It, but I ended up in Solano, and that's where um, I went to San Quentin. And that was a whole another thing in itself. You know, I'm not going to sit here and... and get all political and, 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 and sure. talk about people's stuff, you know, sure. because that's not, but it was a very crazy experience for me, you know, like, um, you know, you, you know, people, man, then people will have you shaking in your boots like a snitch at a gangster party. I'm not even playing, bro. Like San Quentin is, is, is in, in Solano when, when you get to see like the real, and, and my, my, you know, my uncle was even in more serious level four, you know, uh, prisons, you know, and, and so, but I, I was actually um, in Solano. I was in the hole, you know, cause there was a lot of politics going on. And I, I was put on a bus with, um, you know, all the Southerners and I was the only one in the cage. And people say, don't, you know, don't glorify that. But let me say this to you. I'm not glorifying that, but I'll say this to you. When you read out of the King, when you read uh, David in the Bible, they're telling you a testimony. He's, they're telling you what he did to Bathsheba. He, did, he went into Uriah's wife, right? Mm -hmm. and, he, and he got her pregnant. Some people that don't know the Bible are like, who? You know, why would you do that? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's a testimony. Yep. You know, and it's, yep. it's an awful yeah. one, right? Yeah, but we learn from but it. But we learn from it, yeah. right? Yeah. And we understand what we're doing. So this is why I'm not glorifying not that. Though, right, but I'm saying that. Yeah. And, 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 and when, I when I was over there, you know, it was, it was all about getting off, you know, and, and out being outnumbered. Now all these tattoos that I had on me, it was like, wow, homie, you know, now, now you're getting to see, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and in my mind, I was like, wow, whoever created this thing, they should have looked at the map. 
because you're outnumbered all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like for real. Like you know how much blue there is. <laughs> I mean, like, but it, it didn't matter because they taught me how to have heart. Like you just had to have heart. That's all I know. So basically, what all I knew was murder, murder, kill, kill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and 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 it was rough. Yeah. But that was God allowing me to go through that because I said consequences and repercussions, just like he said, David, yeah. he told David, hey, you your, your sword will never leave the house, right? Hmm. Because of what you've done to, to Uriah the Hittite's wife, right? And that's what the Lord was allowing these things to happen. Hmm. He's, you know who I was calling out to on low key? God. Let me say this to you. I was sitting there in a cell one day. And I started beating myself up, boom, 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 boom. And I started like, you know, I started saying, I started cussing out the Lord and I started getting mad and I started, I hate you, you know, you're this and that. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and um, all I would close my eyes and I would see myself wearing a red shirt behind the pulpit. And I would be like, just going off, right? Saying things that I shouldn't be saying. And it's, it wasn't blasphemy to the Holy Spirit because it, it, was, it was God who I was, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I was just, you know, saying, you know, certain things. Yeah, I got you. And, and, and telling them why, you know, if you're, if you're God, then you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what. I don't want to ruin it because I'm just going to say this. I'll get back to that part. Yeah, yeah, All right? So just remember that. Right. Just so remind that. me that. Yeah. So I get extradited. Now I'm like, all California prison system did was teach me how to be an animal. Yeah. Right? And real quick, this is something like I don't think, so a lot of the viewers aren't going to understand this, but uh, do you even know why you were hating people from the South? Or was it just, that's just the way it is? Well, in the, in the street gang life, that's, uh -huh. that's all we knew because we had a lot of uh, upstate Sureños up north, uh -huh. right? And so those were our enemies. But they're like... Uh, Actually, not from L.A., they're from Mexico, yeah. right? So that's all I knew. But when I got into the prison system, the, the, the you know, the northerners would tell me, and the Nordanians would tell me, show respect because they're not going to run from you, they're going to run at you. And we are part of them. And just because you get into the prison system, you got to be educated on what, you know, the five prisons and, 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 and how it started and why it started and what your tattoos mean. And, you, you know, I'm not going to sit here and go through the whole thing, you know what I mean? But you have to, like, really understand who the Southsiders are. Mm -hmm. And that's a form of respect is Southsider. Mm -hmm. Hey, Spence on the Tira, Southsider. Hey, mm -hmm. excuse me, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, um, yeah, I didn't, you know, when I was there, there was some of them that were really, really, uh, really kosher and really cool. There was some to just, you know, would say what they felt, and it is what it was. It yeah. is what it is. Probably the same on like, your side too, right? So, um, anyways, God was a, you know, a, I'm just saying, just like you know, you, you hear these testimonies in the Bible and you don't understand them, right? But I'm not comparing mine to that. I'm saying that the Lord had me the whole time because I remember a paisa came up to me and said, "It is not you that's walking on this Lord, this yard. It's the Lord who's walking with you on this yard." You know, because I'm only 5'3", bro, and I'm walking through, you know, uh, and I'm like, I don't care if you guys kill me. My life sucks anyways, yeah. right? So 
but no, I, I ended up getting to Solano and it was even. And uh, I remember Spider from Pomona came up to me and said, hey, look, you look like a travieso, bro. And and hey, please, <laughs> like not please, but hey, we're, we're, we're cool here. And so that the Northerners came up and, and, and I'm not saying by any means, but yeah, in it, anyways, I ended up being used as a torpedo and all that. And uh, I went to the whole functioning in the hole and uh next thing you know uh they're telling me hey roll up they couldn't even say it right they're like miri koopa miri something is coming to pick you up sheriff joe's here <laughs> i was like what <laughs> so i get on the i get out get all my stuff everybody's saying goodbye whatever and um i'm like man bro like this is crazy so i get on the plane i was trying to face my consequences, repercussions. So I get on a little Cessna. They fly me down to Madison. You know what I mean? Um, I remember back in the day too, like in the, in the 90s, early 90s, before when I went to violation there, Jesse Light Blue, First Avenue Jail, all that. So um, again, um, I came out here and um, gangbanging. Arizona's no joke either. You know, Arizona was... was a lot of heavy hitters, yeah. you know what I mean? So, my, you know, again, um, I came down here, and uh, but I, I had that mentality, you know. But I did have, understand more about the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. So, I, I can't say that I wasn't praying, because I remember the, the, the day, I'm back up a little, I got to San Quentin, they, they asked me to, to um, uh, use a bone crusher on somebody and and it was just crazy and and my anyways they came down with the M mini 14 and this that and the other and next thing you know my my celly from i was on uh front bar 518 on the yard side in san quentin west block and um my celly said yeah, i was praying for you so i had a celly who believed in god and that was god just like you know so he was he was working in me yeah, you can see him in the cracks, bro. Yeah, all of it, right? Yeah. yeah. But my flesh, would, I didn't understand what the flesh was. I didn't understand anything. Sure. I remember people coming up to me and telling me Bible verses, and I'm like, dude, what does that even mean? What do you mean, milk? Who drinks milk in the Bible? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't understand it was spiritual, yeah. right? And meat, what are you talking about, yeah. you know? And, but people who were, you know, crazy and, and gangsters, thugs, killers, and drug dealers, whatever, are some of the nicest people to other people. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Some of the most politest people to the normal yeah. population. Respect. But to each Respect. other, it, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. So why am I saying that? Because these guys that would come up to me and recite the Bible to me, I would be like more than, you know, I'd be giving the respect. And, but anyways, I get extradited to California. Actually, and, I mean, to Arizona, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Arizona. And... Um, I was in court immediately uh, for the initial hearing, right? For initial appearance, right? And then they set another court date. And this is where Arizona was having issues with the S Southern California out here in Arizona. Arizona and California were just not. So I was inside and it was all day just on site, hands on, you know what I mean? And, and uh, in Khalifa, so. right, right. But but since I was from Northern Cali, the Arizona cats had my back, you know. Okay. But um, anyways, again, so I get here, and 
I, again, I, I only knew what I was taught inside the pinta. Yeah. Be, I, like, again, it turned into, like, yeah. more of an animal yeah. in that sense as I came here, learning weaponry, wheelas, you know, how to hold ishles, all that stuff, right? And um, so I get here, and um, I remember them setting a court date for me. And um, I just had given up, man. I was like, you know what, man? It, I just got to go serve this life sentence, man. The only thing I'm worried about now is the prison politics here in, California, in Arizona. You know what I mean? But I, I know where my heart's at. You know, I'm going to go ahead and handle it. And whatever happens, happens, you know? And at the end of the day, I'm just going to be honest with you, not to be hard. I was just, like, thinking in my head, man, I wouldn't mind if, if I ended up on death row right now. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, what do I got to live for? You know, that was... That's, that was my mentality. So let me say this to you. So I get there, and my first uh, prelim, they, they hand me a, a plea bargain. You know what the plea bargain said? 100 years. 100 years. 100 years. That was it. That was it. How did that feel? That felt was like, I was like, I, I, my throat got dry. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I'm not going to fake anything. I was, I was, I was, my stomach started quivering. Like, I was like, like I felt wanted to throw up. Yeah. I, I knew I was done. I was gone, bro. I was like, man, this is it. Like, I'm going to leave there in a the box. Man. So, but this had to happen. God's plans won't, God doesn't make no mistakes. And so I'm sitting there and um, I'm like, all right, man, is there anything you can do? And they're like, there's nothing we can do. You. That's all your history. And now I'm sitting there regretting it, and they show me a chart, and their chart, the chart's like off the charts. Uh, and I'm like, I, <sighs> right? So I get up, and I'm like, brother, I don't even know how to act, man. Yeah. I was just, I was just like, oh. so I go back, and 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 uh, you know, what are you to do, man? I'm I'm just locked down. I'm in the cell. It's cold. Yeah. Nobody's visiting me. My dad ended up coming with my niece, though, and, and again, I love my dad, and, you know, I want to bash him, you know. Again, you know, sure, we all yeah. have a, you know, yeah, he's I a man of God, man, and, and, and I love him. Yeah. So, um, um, I went to court, and, and, and uh, they, I, they, I said, um, some of the guys were giving me advice, and jailhouse lawyers, and they're like, just fire your public defender. So it's like, hey, I want to fire this guy. I don't. I need. I'm looking at life. I mean, just because they didn't stay life, a hundred years is life. Come on, brother. Do you think you're gonna let me out at a hundred? Yeah, how, how old were you at this point? I was 30, 33, I think. Yeah. So, so come on, at a hundred, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, they, Arizona will tell you, oh, you got seventy-five years. They won't say like, you know what I mean? But anyways, um, I get in, and so they go, all right. And uh, I'm like, man, bro, like, so I don't even remember. I'm not going to sit here and lie about talking to God or anything. I just would think about my family, you know what I mean? And then, um, but let me say this to you. Come on, somebody. Like my pastor says, there was people praying for me. 
my uncle, my aunt, you know, um, all the people who knew God, who knew me, my friend Raymond. I no, I don't think he was praying, uh, <laughs> but 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 he did later on. You yeah. know what I mean? Amen. Uh, Amen. So you know, uh, other people were just praying for me, and I didn't know that the power of prayer. I know that now. That yeah. If I if they tell the congregation we got a brother who's you know what I mean, and everybody starts praying, God hears those prayers. Yeah. So these people, these these these, my family, right? It's like they were the only ones that I had, you know? And uh, so I went back to Courtney, gave me a guy who just graduated from ASU. His name's Roger Carter. And he goes, man, I'm, I'm not gonna let you do life. I said, what? I'm gonna try my hardest to get you something different. And I didn't know that it, that it was God at the time. I just was trusting in men. And so I came back again, cause you know your part dates go long. Mm -hmm. He come back and he goes, man, I got a new plea bargain for you. So what do you, what, what, what's happening? He goes, 10 and a half to 36 years. I said, well, okay, what does that mean? He said, the minimum they can give you is 10 and a half, and the most is they can give you 36. He said, let me just be honest with you. I feel like they're going to give you 21 to 36. Yeah, you'll still be out when you're 70. And I accepted that. Hmm. I was like, 70? <sighs> That's not bad. You know, I mean, you get what I'm saying? Like, look at everything that the devil lied to me. He came, he, he came to kill, steal, and destroy me, man. And he said, but today you got to sign that right now. Because if not, it's going to go away and they're going to put the 100 back and they're going to take you to trial and they're going to give you life. That's exactly what he told me. So where's the pin? Does it, but when I signed this, it's locked. And he goes, yeah, it's locked. They can't. They have the weapon, they have the, they, I'm not bragging on that, the shells, everything, the victims, everything. And uh, I just want to say to people who see this, you know, the Bible says, cast the first stone, <laughs> right? So people can't judge. But let me say this to you. The judge, when I went to sentencing, I was the last court docket. And, and the, the prosecutor came in with this girlfriend and had this thing, and you could tell they were all getting ready to go home. And, and nobody was at my court. But one of the witnesses, one of the witnesses that, that, that didn't want me to be with, you know, my, 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 uh, the woman that we had a, a child together, she had a previous boyfriend and they killed him in gangbanging when he was gangbanging and, and his dad showed up because he didn't want me to be around their grandson because he said I was a menace to society. He was worried about his grandson. Let me say this to you. He got up and he spoke against me horribly. He didn't even know me, but he, and the prosecutor said, I concur with him. This, he's gonna be nothing but a menace to society or he's gonna end up killing somebody when he gets out. I think that the 100 years would serve him under 36 of max. And hold on, before you go forward, 
How did you feel in that moment? My brother, I was, I was uh, terrified. I was scared. I, I didn't know what to do. I, when you heard this man say that about you, how did you? Uh, I was, I was, I started getting angry. Yeah. I started feeling like, you know, like just thinking negative about him. Not gonna lie. And then, uh, so after that, he sat down and they said, "Do you have anything to say?" And I, I'm not gonna sit here and and and, and, and lie. You know, I said, yeah, I do. Instead, uh, I, I don't remember word for word, but I know that tears started flowing down my face. And because and, it always, re I remember, let me back up. I remember when I was a little boy, I was sitting under a tree, right? And I remember that I looked and I, and it's, I'm not saying I'm a prophet or anything like that, but I remember I had a vision that, you know, a lot of people had died in my family and that has come true. Uh, my stepdad, my mom, my best friend, his mom, like his dad, you know, like a lot of people. And and so again, I just said I was standing alone under a tree, right? And again, I, I, I this was like right before I met my dad and I was standing alone again, you know, in that courtroom. But little did I know that I wasn't alone. Because let me say this to you. When I, those tears flowed down my face and I said, yeah, I, I, I do got something to say. I, uh, I, I know I'm sorry for what I did. I, I know that I, I, I'm holding myself accountable. I know that, that I was wrong, but I've, I've never had a chance in life. I told this to, to the judge. I never had a chance in life. When I have kids, I also have kids. And I've never, ever had an opportunity since I was a kid to live my life the way I wanted to. And she just looked at me. And, and, and I'm telling you, the presence of the Lord is the one that came through because I know that you had mentioned something about wanting to talk to this judge. Mm -hmm. And she said, Mr. Torres, right now I can give you the max sentence. And I should, but I'm not going to. She said, I'm going to give you 13 years with three years back time. And you will get to see your kids again. Good luck, Mr. Torres. And that was that. And I was like, what just happened? And they're like, you just, bro, you're going to, you, you're going to. You're going to get out. You're going to get out. Yeah. And here goes God again, because you listen again. And so this is when I started like not running to my knees and, you know, and I, I was never a Bible dumper inside the prison system. I was a gang bearer. I was whatever, you know, and, and I was, you know, about minds, you know, in there. But I was walking and talking to God saying, remembering in that cell where he said, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Right. So let me say this to you. I get out, I go to the pod, and automatically start throwing hands. Wow, 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 wow. And I'm back to my who. Yeah, you're surviving. Now, now I'm, yeah, I'm surviving. Yeah. I'm, I'm surviving. There's, but you know how to function. But in this, I so do know like, how to, so I'm like, having fun, right? I'm like, fun. It's not just a, And then I call my dad and I said, Dad, hey, I got some really good news. And he's like, what? And I said, I got 
13 years. And he goes, my boy, I don't know anybody who would be happy about getting 13 years in prison. <laughs> You're something else, Rick. And I said, oh, man. He goes, but let me say something to you. I just called because I'm, I just called. You don't got 13. They give you 21, Rick. I said, what? Yeah, you got 21 years. I was like, man, are you serious? And my heart just fell. God was, you know, getting me in an arm bar. Like, you're going to talk to me. You're going to pray to me. And I said, all right, man, wow. So I put in a tank order. They're like, yeah, dude, you got 21 years. And see it. Finally, I got a hold of the lawyer's office. And I was like, hey, what's happening with this one? They're like, I don't know, man. It, we, you got to figure it out when you get to the, to the reception center at Alhambra, and they'll give you your. So it took about three weeks for me to leave from Madison yeah. as they were barely building the fort there. And so I started asking the Lord to help me. That's when I really started asking God, can you please help me? I don't know who you are, but I, I want to know who you are. Like, I, I, really, I really need your help. I, you know, so listen to this. I get to Alhambra and I go see classification. Automatically, they're like, hey, you're from Northern California. Arizona and California are going to war. Do you want to go on this yard? I'm taught in California. You need to walk that yard. If not, you you know, you're, 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 it's just, you know, they're no good. Like, you, you know, and I still couldn't let go of that. So yeah, no. Like, and you didn't want to be no good. Right. So. so let's go. So I get into four yard rincon. But anyways, as I wanted to say this is that I got to Alhambra and in Alhambra they said, there was a typo in your sentence. You don't have 21, you have 13. Praise the Lord. Hey, yeah, and also that's the biggest typo oh. I've ever heard. I'm not even playing, <laughs> like you can't make this up. Yeah. So he buckled me. Uh. And that was the beginning of my surrender, but I still had to survive. There was still a lot of time yeah. to do. And you still had a lot of brokenness and nastiness inside of you. Exactly, yeah. come on. And I didn't know, so I was already institutionalized. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all I knew. So when I got here, I'm not going to talk too much about what, what's happening here because of respect for people. Yep. And it's not my, you know what I mean? Yep. But I wasn't involved. I was involved with a lot of things, you know what I mean? But I'm going to go ahead and keep that because that's not what I'm going to glorify. But I know that I was in and out of like Maury, Rincon, Cimarron. You know, I was with uh, I was with guys in there that are a huge deal, and that you know, in in that in that way, right? Mm -hmm. But I started like learning about God little by little. But we were going to church to put hits on people and and to move on people because there was such a thing going on in Arizona. And when I got there, they embraced me. But there was just a lot, a lot of uh, the devil's work going on in there. So um, yeah, I was um, a lot of people who who you know who probably um, ain't even alive right now or, or just, you know, retired from that in, in a fashion, if I could, you know, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, but um, 
uh, that's where um, I ended up encountering um, a corrections officer, and, and she ended up quitting her job and ended up marrying her. And, uh, you know, things just got crazy inside of there for me. And, and people were just, like, asking me to do so much for them and this, that, and the other. And then um, I remember starting to meet people who knew God. And then, uh, you know, again, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't get into all this religion or legalism, but I remember, like, seeing uh, Joel Steen, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, what is this man talking about? But when t times were tense on the yard in Arizona, and it was, and it went down. And you, you were a fool if you didn't ask to to know who God was, yeah. because there was things happening there. You know, it was cracking out here. It was cracking in there. You know, that life ain't that life. So if you're a youngster and you're hearing me, please understand that that you know that's not the way of life. You may think right now that you're doing some things, and you may think that you're you know you're getting away with it, but you're not, because at the end of the day, we're all gonna give an account. We're all gonna give an account to the Most High. And I'll tell you what. You will be, uh, like they used to say, you will mind somebody, you know, because that whole stuff will, will change for you in a heartbeat, you know. And things have changed since I've been there. So I encourage you to uh, straighten up while you can and, and know that God is real. So here goes this. After I serve my time, right, I mean, there's so much that I can say that happened, right? Because by the time I came out, uh, I was I was so gone so institutionalized you know you do that much time man you that's all you know and all i came out with was brokenness right and i met my wife my beautiful wife who i'm still married to now uh who's with me now i met her in prison your wife isn't the CEO, or she is. No, no, she's okay. she's. Oh yeah, I forgot to say that. <laughs> that that life, that that was. Uh, yeah, we ended up. I ended up divorcing her, and uh, yeah, that was a whole nother. You know, I don't want to open up those kind of worms right there because, uh, you know, um, that's not what I'm glorifying. But all I'm saying is that now I met my wife, and uh, I came out to her, and we. She really. Um, I'm gonna say this to you. I don't mean this, but this is just what. I, uh, the first night, you know, I was sleeping with her. She, I had her in a headlock, and, and, and she couldn't breathe. And, and she was like, I can't do this with you, you know. Uh, next night, I was sticking a pillow, you know what I mean, in my sleep. In your sleep. In my sleep, right. So, um, again, I'm not glorifying that. All I'm saying is, is, is that there was something going on in here, right, yeah, that, needed, that, that needed yeah. help, right. And... That's um, it, uh, I was just still, I didn't think there was any hope for me, man. And I got really addicted to drugs and, and, and uh, still with that mentality, you know, even though they're not gangs as like they were in Arizona, but they still have that gangster mentality. Mm -hmm. And and institutionalized is real. Um, so is, um, what's that called? Uh, when the soldiers come out and they have a traumatic stress disorder with PTSD. PTSD, that's what I had. You know, because I've seen a lot, man, you know, a lot, that I, a lot, a lot. You know, I've seen some vicious, violent stuff um, that you just don't want to talk about, really. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, that's ha that happened. And then um, here goes um, the best part of all of it is that, um, you know, um, I got out in 2012. Um, and in, uh, in 2012, I struggled for a while. And then um, I finally... Uh, in 2016, 
Um, they couldn't get me the parole. I was on STG uh, parole. I had a surveillance officer and a parole officer. Um, I'm STG now. You know, I could never, I'll never go back. But if I did, I would go to SMU too. I could just, I can just tell you that. Not for any other reasons, but because of who, what it is. Of functioning, yeah. who I functioned with, you know. Um, so uh, with that said, 2016, I got baptized in the name of Jesus. I'm not, you know, you know, um, and um, I still struggled, right, back and forth. Uh, my sister almost died. Uh, one of the uh, co-founder, I mean, the founder of our church, uh, Pastor Artifoy, he went and prayed for her. She lived, that's the homeless one. And that's when I started getting introduced to Family Worship Center. Uh, but I also ran into a place called End Times Pentecostal Radical, you know, um, and that's that's what God wanted me to be at. That's what God needed me right now because these people were putting hands, speaking in tongues, praying over me, and I needed all that, you know. So um, finally, um, I met a, a gentleman, Nathan Hill. You meet him. And uh, I, I I was going from church to church because I was so confused, man. I didn't know. Anything what was confusing about, about church? Uh, well, because they, you know, I, you know, everything that I just talked about, right? I, I and again, I don't. It's a touchy subject to some people, but you know, the Trinity, the Oneness, the Jehovah Witnesses, the Mormons, because all of them try to get a hold of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was just like, they all came knocking on yeah, door. Yeah, I, 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 I was like, what? You know, what are you talking about? Like. So what I did is 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 uh, I did listen to uh, the the Pentecostals, right? And uh, I locked myself in for uh, you know a year. My wife, my my beautiful wife, I love her so much, but she really, really, really has held it down for me, man. I praise the Lord for her, and uh, man, I just I can't give her enough. I can't thank God enough for her um, that she was holding me down and, and I was in there reading the King James Version because that's what I was told that I had to read. And I couldn't even aim. It's always mightiest, beest, thouest. And I'm like, man, what does this mean? So, you know, uh, but I was crying. I was watching yeah. YouTube videos and the spirit was working. Then uh, I felt the Holy Ghost tell me that I needed to go to uh, St. Vincent de Paul and, and do some ministry. And I did. And, I, and next, you know, I started riding the bus and taking people waters. And, you know, and then I walked into a, a Baptist church um, on 12th Street and uh, Rose Lane. And they never seen anybody like me before. That church is 100 years old. Mm. And... Um, so uh, I walked in there and, and we was going to church there and then they wanted me to get on their platform and get their testimony and I was learning all these things, you know, and uh, like, you know, there's a crew, Ray Land, uh, Nathan Hale, Ray Ortiz, you know, and uh, my family now, George Alvarado, you know, my, my pastor, John, pastor Hyman, pastor Armando, you know, and my church family, you know, um, so um, but anyways, before I even, you know, was with them, Nathan Hale, I met him and, um, I remember, uh, one of the, one of the guys said, Hey, we were having like a little table Bible study. And he was saying, uh, you know, what would you want to do? I said, Oh, I would want to go talk to juveniles. Oh, we know a guy who would take you there. And I met him and he came and picked me up and we had lunch and, and, and this guy knew like, you know, and. He was, and again, like you said, there was a lot going on up here and we were having lunch and, and then I go, uh, he goes, who's your pastor? And I was like, I don't really have a pastor. I said, David Wilkerson is my pastor. And then he started talking to the side. I said, hey, are you hearing me? 
And he's like, what? And I goes, I go, oh, you know what? Oh, my apology. My apologies. Because, I, I, you know, the inst- institutionalism doesn't just go away overnight. Mm-hmm. But only God can heal the mind, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, what did he do to the leper? He said, uh, the leper came to him, worshiping him. He says, and he said, Lord, if you are willing. He said, yes, I'm willing. And stretching out his hand, he healed him and immediately. And that's what I believe. You know what I mean? That he's done for me. So let me say this to you. I'm going to get back to that red, po- that red shirt at the pulpit. So I ended up meeting Nathan Hill. And Nathan Hill started pouring into me. I started telling him about oneness and all that, the world coming to him in, and he was like, bro, Nick, let me just say this to you. I worried about all that. Don't hit me with the doom and gloom. But let me say this to you. Jesus loves you. And he's here with you now. And these guys started bringing me to like, you know, Rayland and all these people started bringing me to, you know, to just give my testimony. But I still didn't understand a lot of the Bible. And so guess what? They invited me to a Spanish church to give my testimony. And, 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 and um, Nathan Hill's wife, uh, she was interpreting. And guess what I was wearing? A red shirt standing behind the pulpit. I got a picture of it. And I remember I told you that I was in prison punching myself. You had that thought. And I had that thought. But you know what? Now, uh, two years ago, I mean, two months ago, or no, wait, three weeks ago, what was the 26th of November? That's about three weeks, right? Three weeks ago. I've been out 11 years. No police incidents, nothing. Praise the Lord. And I've been, yeah, I was in and out the church, but this whole year I've been just giving myself, dedicating, you know, going to my, you know, not glorifying myself, but glorifying God. You know, um, the Lord has blessed me with a home, a wife, you know, a job. You know, uh, uh, you know, transportation, yeah. you know, I'm a manager, I'm a supervisor, you know, yeah. and I got grandkids, I got my children, I got my daughter, yeah. um, I'm raising up my, way, my, my, my wife's, our grandkids in the ways of the Lord at the yeah. home. You've been to my home, you've seen it, yeah. you've seen Beautiful. what God has done for me. So um, again, I had to say all that as a testimony, but um, he's the way, the truth, and the life. And so, um, yeah, that's that's basically it right there. That's man. beautiful, that's, bro. That's where I'm at. That's you know? beautiful, bro. So, you know, again, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a sinner, though, in need of a Savior. Let me say that. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and I got to die daily to my flesh, and I got to repent daily, and I got to pick up my cross and walk daily. That's. Can I ask you a few questions? Go ahead, brother. Come on. So, like, one was, like, uh, bro, I know, you, you know, so this is something I bet people will be curious about to hear how the Lord's worked in this way. You've had to do ministry with people now and fellowship with people now who were once your enemies. Right. Man, this is a beautiful thing. One of them being, you know, and, and, and I hope you don't mind, but Brother George Alvarado, Pastor George Alvarado, who is from L.A., and this man, I mean, yeah. he's a man of God. I'm not glorifying him. I'm glorifying God, what God has done in him, because he'll tell you this, all glory to God. Um, this family, family worship center, you know, they're, 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 they're yeah, I mean, again, he's one of the guys that, you know, he's 
straight up, and I told them today when we were at our men's thing, I said, when you were a gang member, when you were a Sudeño, you were a Sudeño. You didn't play. You were like, even this dude don't belong in my gang. You know what I mean? Because that's how, but that's how he is for the Lord now. Like, he is, a, he goes hard. He's out there, you know, winning souls, making disciples, you know, and, and he has a killer testimony, man, and, and, uh, yeah, so I now have that brother, bro. Uh, he's, you know, he's a pastor, you know, and, yeah. and and he, you know, he always keeps, you know, the Lord uses him to show me that, um, you know, because he's like 10 stepping stones ahead of me, you know, and I mean 10 years, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's been serving for a minute, you know, the Lord told me, you know, it's not how long you've been serving. It's who you, who you are with me today. You know, did you, are you doing this? Are you walking yeah. in my, you know, are you walking in, in, in spirit and truth because the Bible says God is spirit and those who worship him worship him in spirit and truth you know and and, and, and again look here I could I could recite you some bonds and some 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 gangster stuff that, that the reglas and all that but now the Lord has used me to recite verses why for 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 the heart for the heart because yeah I still go through things you know what I mean I still have, yeah. you know, you know, again, it's just because I say I love the Lord does, you know, yeah, our actions, yeah. what people see. Right. Yeah. Well, so, dude, my, my heart, bro, is like, I hope people see that, like, you know, like I was telling you when we were chilling the other day, I was like, if you went up to someone, you're like, yo, you got to read this dude's letters. I will tell you, though, he has killed a few people. He actually hated Christians. He's killed them, too. And, uh. Yeah, you, he's got a crazy testimony. God blighted him once, and then, you know, he gave his life to Jesus, and he saw Jesus and stuff. His name's Paul. You know what I mean? Most people, before you say Paul, they're going to be like, I'm good, you know? But I hope people could see that, like, even though in a, a wild story, bro, the Lord's in it, you know? And, and that's that's the way he works, bro. Like, I love the way uh, Seven said it once, bro, uh, in an interview. He said, uh the very basis of Christianity is radical. There's no such thing as a not radical God, right? God is radical. He is extraordinary, you know? So like the way he works is divine. And I hope people like get to see that in your story, hear that in your heart that like, dang, God is real. Amen. And he's, he's really done something beautiful. Amen. And uh, it's un undeniable, bro. And then, hey, uh, you know, it, it, how has it been seen lastly because we're going to unpack this in other future podcasts and stuff. And we're right. going to see this stuff unpacked. And we're going to talk about this in conversations with others. Right. But what's some ways that you wish the church would engage with this? It, you know, like, you and I talked the other day. And, uh, and maybe, you know, think about how you want to say it. But, like, uh, there's, there's people who want to engage with these issues, right? Or engage with these realities. And they don't know nothing about it but they come in guns a blazing, bless their heart, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, but you're like, hey, dude, like, you gotta come in humbly, you know? Is there anything you wanna say about that, of like, how you've seen people come into this and how you're like, man, dude, it, it, it's, a, it's a pretty crazy life. So as far as like uh, people going into facilities, yeah, stuff uh, like that. Like we were so talking yeah, about that so yeah, so that, that's, that's, that's what it is. Like if you're gonna have taken an interest in something and you're gonna take an interest in prison ministry, um, you know, again, I've been captive for a lot of years, right? And so have a lot of other brothers, right? And just, you know, that's good that you come into the prison, right? And, and you know, there's, pre there's brothers there that, you know, as they get older, they get tired, you know what I mean? 
and uh, they do want to hear about the word of God, and they mm -hmm. do want to give themselves to the Lord. And there's guys who do know the Lord, huh? right? But you also know that, that, that it's 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 the devil's playground. Politics ain't getting out of there, and 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 you, I don't care if you are a Christian or not. When it's time to go, it's time to go, right? And now here you don't got to deal with that, right? I mean, you may you're in a grocery store and somebody comes in and you got to pull out, you know, you start defend everybody in the store. But in prison, it's like, I don't care if you're holding a Bible or not. What am I saying? Just because people go into the prison from the outside and they've never done a lick of time in their life and they come in and they think that they, that, that, that they got all the answers now and that they've been there going over there for four. That's not the truth. The truth about it is you really got to pour into these men, man. You really got to understand that there's a whole nother side that you're not seeing inside that place. There's a whole nother world going on, and there's a lot of guards, there's a lot of people caught up, right? It's its own world, and it functions its own way. Just because you go in there maybe three or four times a week, right? You, we hope that you're pouring into these people. We hope that these people are receiving it, right? That's the hope, right, that this is happening. But you got to understand that when those doors close, right, it's time to get back to what the reality of it is, Right? If that makes sense, does that make mm -hmm. sense to you? Mm -hmm. So when, when, when these guys come in and they're doing this, they gotta stay humble because they don't know, like, you know what I mean? And you have to go in there with the pure heart, man. You gotta understand that you know you're going into, like my brother George, uh, Pastor George, I'm, I'm just gonna use him as an example. If that dude sees a homeless person out here or somebody, he doesn't stop and, and, and tell them what they're doing wrong. He says that and he really pours into them. He gives them cards so that they can go and he'll drive them and he'll take them. Mm -hmm. And I'm not exalting Pastor George. No, I got that's you, his bro. passion. Yeah, that's beautiful. He's doing that. Yeah, that's a good thing right? to talk about. I yeah, got yeah, another yeah. one, right? And he's taking them to man's homes. Some of these guys go into prison, or some of us come out of prison, like that church. All, all white people in there. Yeah. And, they, and they see me. They all turn around. They all look. But they embraced me. They showed me love. Can I go to a church in Scottsdale? Can, let's just be honest. Is that what you're talking about? The lens, right? Mm -hmm. Would they really, would they really, would their Christ really come out? Would the, the love of Christ really come out? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not judging it, but I'm just yeah. saying. There's some questions. It's a question. There's some questions. It's a question. Let's just be yeah. honest, right? Yeah. I go to North Scottsdale, where everybody has a Tesla, and 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 you know, yeah. are they gonna are they gonna look at me and my kids that don't have a right haircut? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Can I be honest? Yeah, be honest, bro. And so we don't know that. Only God knows that. And, yeah. and then my pastor says, don't talk but about it. But these are some of the this. questions and tensions, you know what I'm right. saying? So don't, I'm not going to sit there talk about another church, but I am going to say that. Yeah. And, 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 and I don't know. Would I be welcomed at your church? Yeah. Could I go to your church? Can I walk into your church? Oh, mine's absolutely. But yeah. And the same thing with mine. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're just going to love on you. Yeah. But what, what, what happens is that when you start hearing the truth, are you going to sit there and listen to it? Yeah. Because the truth is going to be preached. Yeah out of this word, yeah. right? Yeah. So, other people that go into to the prison system and they come out and they think they got all the, all the answers, that's not the truth. Because there's a lot more behind this and there's a lot of, 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 of mental health issues. There's a lot of um, PTSD, things like that that need to be dealt with, right? There's, mm -hmm. there's a lot that you gotta pour into, right? You know, we gotta build people up in the Lord that no one else is really willing to build up. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, bro. I mean, come on. Yeah. You see a you seen a guy like me. Come on. Honestly, now you know me though. But you mm -hmm. when I first met you, you you know, and, and I'm not glor again, but 
what 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 they people see, I get my like my sister Maribel, she'll tell me like and, and other my boss will tell me, Ebony, she'll say, um, you know, um one day I made a comment about my tattoos two different times in front of these women of God. And they're like, Why do you say that? Because you know what, it's not that we see us, we see the love of God in you. But since you said it, now we see that. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Is that am I, am I on yes, the same bro, page? I understand what you're saying. I, so, so, anyways, no, like you, you, I mean, and I'm not degrading anybody that goes in there. I, I, I give them props for going in there for trying that. Mm -hmm. But are you doing it for? What are you really doing it for? Yeah. And the reason I'm saying this because you have a perspective that, like, you have a perspective. One, you have the right to speak on this stuff. Because I've been inside of been when, inside when, yeah, when they come out, and and you know yeah. what? There's a there's a there's a meeting, and there, and it's we're gonna talk we're gonna talk politics. Yeah, bro. We're gonna talk. We're, we're gonna talk about who's gonna get what, who's what's uh -huh. happening, and and that's the only time we have to do it because yeah. you know what I mean. So, and, and I don't want to yeah. throw. But, no, I got you. But that's why I want you to to speak on it because, like, part of this podcast is we want the church to learn. We want the church to learn how to conversate about this. You know, not everything's done perfect. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's not bashing just to say like, yo, some stuff gets messy, or sometimes people, the way people do things. From your perspective and your experience of going through it, you're like, yeah, bro, that's this, this not always as helpful as you think. Or that posture really doesn't work as well as you might right. think. So I, I think in, in anything, if you go up to somebody, you don't want to go up and tell, hey, let me pray for you and put your hand on him out there on the street. You know he's, he knows he's struggling. You know what I mean? You're coming up to him and saying, hey, dude, you need prayer. <laughs> right? <laughs> you look a mess. Right? You're shot out, bro, but I'm going to pray for you right now. You know what I mean? No. How about you come up and say, hey, hey, brother, what's going on? You okay, man? Yeah. You need something to drink? Yeah. Hey. What's your name, bro? What's your name, bro? Yeah. You all right? You don't know if he just lost his mom, his dad, his, his hurt. You don't know, you know, uh, um, you know, a lot of these homeless people out here have lost somebody. Yeah. They're, they're going through something. Yeah. It's unfortunate that they're tearing their life up like that, right? Because it was unfortunate for me, mm -hmm. right? But now... Um, that's how we want to approach, and that's the way they want to approach a prisoner is through that lens. Mm -hmm. You want to be careful what you because you got to understand. It's like let me just say this an analogy. If you seen a pit bull right now, me and you coming, we're outside packing our stuff, getting ready to leave, and we see a, 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 a pit bull, you gonna go up and pet that dog? Be honest, not, no, absolutely yeah, not. Dog, exactly, because no. you you know what I mean. He's I've gonna been by dogs. He's, he's gonna look at you, right? and it's the same thing. You gotta understand where we're coming from, where, where who yeah. we were at once, you know, yeah. and and so the approach is like you know, and again, they're some of the nicest people, you know what I mean? But it's it's your demeanor, it's your posture, because they're gonna be able to tell. Yeah, they're not, they're not. Yeah. I mean, they may not have the Holy Ghost, or they may not be, but God is still with them. God still loves them. Still, God's still yeah. giving them yeah. the discernment, you know, His wisdom, right? Hey, don't turn that corner. You're probably gonna get shot, yeah. right? Again. That's how we want to approach people because that you know I wasn't approachable. Yeah. I wasn't approachable. I didn't want to hear it, and a lot of people don't. Mm -hmm. But if somebody came and approached you and tried to be treat you like a project, it's not going to work. Absolutely you not. Absolutely not. Like hey, and I've had that happen before, and I caught on to it. <laughs> like hey, <laughs> look what we got. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, all like, tatted up I'm and not a trophy. right. Exactly. <laughs> like what are you trying to? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm I'm a human man. I, I I'm I I'm in need of a savior. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, with that said, um, 
you, you got to be real careful how, because if anything, God has still allowed me to be here and other men like me, like Pastor George and my pastors and all that, right? Because those are the ones who minister to, those are, you're a man of God, you're a man of God in my life, you know, we've had conversations, you know, and God is yeah. right. So, but uh, under the umbrella, under the authority of them, which I'm learning, you know what I mean? How to be you know, um, a part of the body of Christ. Cause I couldn't stand that before. I used to yeah. think like, man, yeah. you guys are tripping. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah, right. I'm, they don't want my $20. Yeah. You know what I mean? They want, my, they want to, they want to disciple my soul. They want to show them, they want to live by example. They're not going to baby me either, yeah. but that's how they, they, you know, and when I walked in there and, and they didn't, they didn't nurture me like that, but my pastor really calls me and says, Hey, are you okay? I haven't heard from you. He also tells me, you know, I see you maturing in the Lord. You know what I mean? And and, and now um, God has really worked that out for me where I'm learning. You know what I mean? I, it all starts at home. And I want to say this, though. I got to, I got to, I'm going to change the subject. Yes, yeah, I'll just change. Um, we'll wrap it up. After okay, that. good. Yeah. I, I want to say this, man. You know, this is not about making money. It's not about being seen and getting the limelight or, or it's about ministering to people being a testimony of what god can really do because the things that i said i glorify god because i should have been dead in a devil's hell you know we went into my garage that night i turned off the light and, and this word tells me because i have the fear of the lord is that you know uh, if you don't know god and you don't get to know god and you and you think it's about you um i gotta tell you that that's not the truth the truth is that we're all gonna give an account one day and 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 uh, the fame the money uh, i'm not saying anything uh, you know to be disrespectful to anybody but i'm saying that this is the only way that we're gonna enter the kingdom of heaven is by knowing the word of god being baptized and 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 receiving his word and 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 the Bible says every knee shall bow. Now, I'm not preaching, but what I am saying is that I'm telling the truth because there's only one person who can change your life and there's only one person who will change your life and wants to change your life so no one will perish, right? So I just want to give to those brothers out there that are, you may not be on drugs and you may have something going on, but we don't want to glorify that. We want to glorify God and we want to be a testimony because he allowed me to be a testimony, right? So that I can be in this generation like a lion of Judah, Come on, somebody, right? I, I, I'm just bro. saying, brother, God bless you. God bless you, bro. Thank you for sharing your story, bro. And uh, yeah, I hope this is a blessing to everybody. And, and you know, just to everybody, haters, enemies, I love you guys. You know, the Bible, what does the Bible say about bringing your enemies to a fo your footstool? <laughs> yeah, but it's all good, man. Blessing, blessing, do not hate them. Though. Yeah, I yep. just want to love so, on everybody, yeah, man, no matter what. I'm, I'm, I'm 52. Yeah. You know, I don't got no business, you nah, know, talking about on a different page, bro. Go home and take care of your kids, Grandpa. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So God bless you, bro. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, God bless you, man.